Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining us on another special episode. Actually, today is a, is a really cool one because we are speaking to a nutritionist, Miss Mira Desi. How are you? I am doing great, Casey. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is really exciting. I haven't had a nutritionist on the, the podcast uh, actually at all. So, And also, your name is the Ingredient Guru. That's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And so I do have one tiny point of correction. I'm okay. actually a nutrition educator. Educator. I just want to be clear about that because a nutritionist is someone who has the letters RD after their name, and I do uh, not. Uh, is, that, is that all it is? Just an RD right behind them? Well, it's different training. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a holistic nutrition educator. Uh, so I went to a different kind of school, got a different kind of training, but I did get biochemistry. And then from there, you know, as you said, I am the ingredient guru. And that is because I have this nerdly fascination with all the stupid stuff they do to our food. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I, I, I jeer with you because uh, the RD doesn't really mean much, uh, actually, just like a line cook. Or whatever my title is a chef. I'm just a bona fide line cook. It's the same thing. I just do <laughs> bills. You know, that's the only difference uh, with it. But uh, let me, I, I just usually way I ask you if you have a podcast or not. But why did you start the whole nutritionist uh, educator role or that lifestyle rather? You know, thank you so much for asking because that is a really great question. I actually used to be in a completely different industry. Okay. I, I was a database administrator for an international research firm, and I got very sick. Like, oh, no. really sick. I, I was very fatigued and weak. I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without having to lie down on that top landing, even if I was just going to bed, and then I'd crawl to bed. Oh, wow. I was not able to take care of my three kids very well. It was really, really challenging. And... I built up a very impressive collection of doctors and medicine and everything else. <laughs> and it wasn't getting better. And then one day someone gave me a book that talked about food colors and it really changed my life because it made me realize that it wasn't just what I was eating. It was what was in what I was eating that was making me sick. And as oh, 100%. I did, yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's something that we don't really learn about. We grow up with this myth that, oh, a calorie is a calorie is a calorie. Just like eat less and exercise more and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And there's more to it than that. So there's a I, lot more to it. Yeah. I began to change my diet, um, began to get a lot healthier. And then at a certain point turned to my husband and said, I, I've taught myself everything I can. I, I think I have to go back to school. Oh, wow. And so I did. And then from there wound up discovering that I loved it so much. You know, this is my, my third career, but my true passion. Mm. Is food. <laughs> yeah. Food Absolutely. and the label and what they do to it and educating people so that they can learn. Because unfortunately, you know, there's also a lot that food producers do to our food to, try to mislead us oh, a whole lot quite a bit are you familiar with the organic the the organic false uh, accusations i call it should i say like there's three different levels of organic Did yeah you know it has to do with percentages and yeah 
Yeah. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. But there's also, you know, food producers spend millions of dollars every year to figure out what are the buzzwords? What are the things that people are looking into? Because a long time ago, it was grains. You know, how many mm-hmm. how many different grains did you have? How much fiber was in that product or whatever? Well, now, because paleo and keto are so hot, they're all talking about how much protein is in there. And nobody's, you know, I mean, yes, there are still things out there that'll say there's a lot of grains in the package or whatever, but it's not really what they're focusing on because they want to attract excuse me the bigger market yeah they're trying to sell they're trying to sell a business and that's what it is that's what it all boils down to it's a business they want to make money and they want to get onto the trend just like the whole gluten-free thing that pisses the hell out of me yeah i, I cannot stand it i uh it is so annoying uh, well, at the restaurant level Ugh. Well, and part of the part of the challenge that we have with that that's so difficult is there are, you know, significant numbers of people who do have either celiac disease or non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of other people who, you know, sit there and go, "Oh, I gave up, you know, gluten and I feel so much better." They actually don't have an issue with gluten. The mm-hmm. issue that they have is with the glyphosate, which is the chemical yeah. that gets added to the wheat uh, as a desiccant or sometimes, you know, because it's their other crops and the way they're handled. And so there's there's, you know, they're using the, the Roundup essentially as a, mm-hmm. as a weed killer or as a desiccant. And then it impacts what's going on in terms of because it doesn't it doesn't wash off. <laughs> It doesn't. It does not. It gets right into the grain. And then when you partake in it and then it adverse properties into your body. I appreciate you so much. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I feel like I'm complete right now. I'm talking to (laughs) another person of myself because it's hard to let people understand and how because on a restaurant level. Yeah, we're cooking. We're making sure that everything is up to standard, up to par. But to actually uh, tell the people how they can eat better, what's in your food. We don't get to do that as much because uh, we're in the back. You know, we're hustling, we're bustling. But I wish that there was somebody like yourself out in the front literally knowing and uh, explaining how these are made because people will have a revelation, I feel, yeah, if they, they just know exactly what's getting into their food. Well, I do know one of the most enjoyable dining experiences I ever had was when a friend of mine put together a dinner. And she was a nutrition professional like myself. And Mm. so, you know, there was a chef who was preparing this beautiful meal from locally sourced foods and all of that. So he's talking about, you know, where the food comes from and what's going on. And she's talking about how nourishing it is and why we need to eat certain ways. It's just amazing, amazing when our food and our experiences can come together like that. Oh, yeah. It's like, where did this come from? How was it made? What did they put in it? Because that's a lot of questions that people don't even realize. Like, um, you know, the, the whole thing where we had, if you can remember, maybe four months ago where we had to recall all the lettuce. Yeah. It's tough. And uh, at the restaurant level, we're like, yeah, we can't. I'm sorry, we can't serve you lettuce. And they're like, why? We don't understand. We're trying to tell them there's there's some adverse effects happening right now, specifically that if you partake in it, you can get really sick. And they can't understand it because they're like, well, it's just, it's vegetables. Like, what's going on? 
Well, and uh, the problem is on a restaurant level, unfortunately, if you serve someone lettuce that's part of an E. coli recall and someone gets sick, the first place they're going to go is back to the restaurant that served them. They're oh, not yeah. going to say Absolutely. who provided that lettuce to you. Mm-hmm. As soon as we got the, the notification uh, from corporate, we, we halted right away. We, we had to quarantine and put it inside. We had to retrack it, the vendor, where it got from and then where it was located. So it was it was a whole big process yeah. happening in the back. And uh, I'm part of a, a corporate, so it, it trickles down really quick if something is bad. Um, and we have to put a stop to it really quick. And actually, right now, um, they put a stop on Well Fleets. So I'm a, I'm a fish restaurant. Okay. And um, there was something going on with Well Fleets in production level that it wasn't um, going correctly when they were putting on quarantine at the corporate side because they tested also. Right. And it wasn't clearing. So they were like, yeah, no, we're stopping it. And so we had to lose their business for a good, I think it's almost four weeks now. We haven't had Wellfleet oysters in our restaurant. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's like a loss loss for both companies, not just our company, it's also the uh, the farmers mm-hmm. uh, that are raising the well fleets, but it's it is what it is. You know, we can't serve we can't serve that fish or that shellfish because you're going to get sick from it. Right, and and you know that's where I think perhaps consumers don't realize that having a, a restaurant partner who cares about those kinds of things and moves quickly is actually a good thing. You know, it's like if, if someone's going to get on a flight and the airline says, oh, we can't go, there's a storm. And people are like, but I got to get where I'm going. It's like, no, there's a storm. Like, <laughs> this is your food. You need, to, you need to recognize that this is important. No, it's really important. Now, take me take me to like a day-to-day on what you do. Like, what? How? rather, you know what? How how do you shop? Let's Let's go from like a Monday to Thursday. What kind of foods are you shopping for? And how do you look for the good stuff that's in it? Sure. Well, so first of all, I'll start by telling you that my family won't go to the grocery store with me anymore (laughs) (laughs) because I take too long because I, I wind up, you know, spending time looking at things that I have no intention of buying. I'm just like, Oh, that's new. what are they doing now? You know, kind of thing. And So, so that's always kind of a challenge and very interesting. Uh, You know, truthfully, I will say, unless there's a special occasion at home, I tend to be a fairly simple cook. I mean, I can cook fancy meals, but I, I have a program called Fast Fun Freezer Meals where I teach people how to get 20 to 24 servings of dinner ready for the freezer in 90 minutes or less. Um, nice. You know, I have uh, a, a pantry in, in my book, The Pantry Principle, I have a list of a pantry provision list where if you have all those things in your house, you're guaranteed to be able to throw together a meal. <laughs> like it's just. <laughs> and so I tend to be fairly simple about that. So for me, it's more about looking at what do I have? What do I need? And then sometimes I'll do a big shop, but usually I'm very fortunate. I live in a town where I have, I think, six or seven grocery stores within a a 10-mile radius. And so I can go to Trader Joe's. I can go to Whole Foods. I can go to Kroger's. I can go to HEB. I can go to whatever, you know, 
I want. And so usually somewhere in my day, if I need something, it's either not that far to get there or it's on my way to or from a meeting. Got it. How do you feel about farmer's markets? I love farmer's markets. Uh, I think they're great. Yeah. And we have a huge one in my community, which is just excellent. And it runs 30 weeks out of the year because I'm in Texas. So in the middle of the summer, it's like brutal here. Uh, And then we do have a few weeks in the winter where things are just slow. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I think farmer's markets and, you know, we used to live in Connecticut where we belong to a community supported agriculture. And that was even better because we went to the farm and got to our own. And I love that as well. I think anytime people can engage with the people who are growing producing, mm-hmm. preparing, or in some way hands-on with their food, it is a good thing for everybody. It is so oh, I appreciate you saying that because there's nothing better than growing and eating things that came out of your hands or somebody that you know of that they grew this specific veggie or whatever, um, and it came with their hands and they prepared it and you know exactly what's going in it. There, there's just nothing better. I, I feel so, so much joy whenever I do go to a farmer's market. They're like, oh my God, yes, absolutely. Let me get some of that. Um, and matter of fact, we, I think we bought some, um, the heirloom tomatoes are like so in season right yeah. now. And it's so delicious. And, a real and I don't even tomato, care if they look a like. A real tomato is a thing of beauty. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, it is so, it is so nice. Straight up and it's not even. <laughs> It is not even like the stuff that we get at the, at the restaurant level because everything is fancy. Everything looks perfect. I, and I hate yeah. it because the, the ones in the farmer's markets have all these indentations and stuff to it. But I know that it grew from their farm. These are the people that are harvesting it. And I know it's going to taste amazing. Well, and the other thing that's really wonderful, uh, you know, is is when you can go somewhere like sometimes when you go to a farmer's market, if you get to know them, they may say, hey, you know, if you want to come visit the farm, that's fine. Um, I know when I, I had a friend who for a long time was raising chickens and for a number of different reasons, they decided to get out of that. So I don't currently have a, a home chicken provider, but it was great. Like go visit these happy chickens, see them running around, you know, and, <laughs> and just they're really enjoying their life. They're not squashed into... Uh, some kind of a, a confined building where their mm. only purpose is to provide eggs and they're perhaps yeah. stressed. I mean, my friend's chickens were running all over the yard and in the summer it'd be very funny because we'd go over there and, you know, have watermelon and throw the rinds to the chickens and they go absolutely uh-huh. crazy for watermelon. <laughs> like, it just, it's really funny, but it, it just, it makes you feel good to be connected with your food. My wife would love that. Oh, my God. She keeps asking for chickens, goats, <laughs> like a pig. I'm like, babe, really? Like, we, we, you want to turn to a farm? She's like, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, so it's very oh, right that's now. Where community-supported agriculture comes in. Because sometimes by supporting the farmer, you get to have a little bit more to do with it, but you don't actually have to raise it. Yeah. No, that's that's really true. I um. I've been doing for almost a year now, or maybe nine months now. I've been making our own sourdough bread, mm-hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of in the same token, right? It's it's through my hands, it's through the time and effort that I'm putting together, and it, there's nothing better than this damn bread. I, I swear to you right now, um, the the amount of effort and pain 
that I'm going through just to get this bread right is such a feat. Oh my word. I never, I never knew. I had no idea. There's different ways to go about it and you can find a ton of videos about it. Um, but it's in the same token of people growing their own things in their farm and knowing what they're putting into it, knowing the, the amount of effort that goes into it, that will give you the utmost joy. And right now I hate making the bread because it's so humid. Oh. I cannot get the proportions right. Oh, yeah. it is so finicky. Like I, I had no idea. Well, and it gives you a whole new appreciation for San Francisco where their starters are over in oh, yeah. whatever years old. Uh-huh. My starter is only, so only, oh, it's only eight months old. Yeah. But man, can you, can you imagine the thing it has been living for a century? I know. You know? Wow. That's just, oh, my good grief. Eventually, my starter is going to be a hundred years old through my kids and stuff. But you know, (laughs) I plan on keeping this for a while. I named him uh, Francisco. Oh, there you go. Well, and you know, one of the yeah. wonderful things about sourdough, I used to do that when my kids were little, is once you get a good balanced starter, you can use it for so many things. You can make pancakes with it. You can make waffles with it. You can make muffins. Like there's lots of things that you mm-hmm. can make with that basis. Um, and and it's just so flavorful. And, and one of the other things that's so fabulous about it is that sourdough is a traditionally fermented food. And so actually mm-hmm. really good for our gut because it breaks oh, things so down. Good. And my wife um my wife loves it because it, it gives her like she she doesn't really eat so many uh, so much of the gluten stuff because I think it, it messes with her uh with her skin but um she she loves the sourdough because it makes her stomach feel a lot better after eating. You don't feel that fullness or that that overwhelming sensation when you're when you have all that food yeah 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 absolutely now if you don't mind can i ask you a couple of questions sure so here's here's a kind of like a rifle of questions just kind of going at you really quickly and i like to kind of do this in a little bit, bit of a segue have you ever eaten anything weird as in terms of proteins or produce <laughs> i have <laughs> I have. So I would say the weirdest protein I've ever eaten was woodchuck. Really? Yes. Why so, do you say that? Well, well, just because, you know, I mean, I've eaten a lot of the traditional proteins, obviously beef, chicken, lamb, venison, fish, although I can't eat fish anymore because I developed an allergy to it, sadly. Um, oh, no. But the, the so the weirdest protein that I've eaten was was probably... It would either have to be woodchuck or snake, but I think a lot of people have had the opportunity to eat snake. Not that many people have had the opportunity to eat woodchuck. And here's the part that makes it even better. My mother is the one who cooked it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as you and I were discussing, you know, my mom lives not that far from you. And Mm -hmm. one of her neighbors is a farmer and he had a fresh woodchuck in a trap and he offered it to and she made it, and it was delicious. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, I'm always down for game meat. Always, always, always. No matter what it is. And they're vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little that's a little weird, but okay, that's all right. That's not a big deal. Um, have what do you absolutely refuse to eat? Um, bugs. You can't I just, do bugs. You know, there's this whole thing about 
there's a lot of companies that are forming about cricket protein and bugs are like going to save the world and we all need to eat more bugs. And we already have a lot of bugs in our food, by the way. We so, do quite a bit. Yeah. Coconeal is, or, you know, sometimes referred to as carmine is a color that is made from a crushed beetle. Mm-hmm. And when you see shellac, or confectioner's glaze that comes from the lac bug. And so, you know, there are, there are bugs in our food. Um, Oh, and going back to the coconut actually funny story, very true. Starbucks has a strawberry frappuccino drink. And at one point they decided to change their formulation. And instead of using uh, plant-based coloring switched to using coconut and this oh, is the no. age of the internet. Somebody found out and they told everybody. So there was a huge uproar. First of all, all the vegans <laughs> and all the people who, for various reasons, can't eat bugs um, were very upset. And it didn't take too long before Starbucks went back to using plant-based color. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> Can you just imagine though? They're like, what do you mean I've been ingesting know, a bug? I know. Well, and, and the thing is, I see them all the time. You know, I go to I go to trade shows, I go to conferences, and they're like, "Oh, cricket protein bar." I'm like, "No, thank you." Or you know, grasshoppers? <laughs> I don't think so. And I just so that for me is is one of the things I just I don't think I could eat bugs. And then the other concern that I have is how are they raising these bugs? Because okay, yes, <laughs> pound per square inch or protein per square inch, however you want to identify it. You can raise bugs in, you know, a smaller building and get a lot of protein for not a lot. It takes a lot more to raise, you know, a lamb or a cow or a bison or whatever. But, um, but what are you feeding them? Because just as what we feed everything else matters, what we feed those bugs matters as well. Yeah. Wow. We're talking about bugs. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have you ever the, my, bugs? absolutely i'm asian okay <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah that's like a that's like a common that's like a common place for for me to, yeah, to kind of eat it. cultural thing i don't know yeah it's a cultural thing too you know it, it just kind of depends uh where you grew up and how you you were you're eating and I've, I've had a slew of proteins over the years like a whole bunch you, you if you i've had shark fin ones that was a little weird the texture is a little off-putting. This is when I was in Japan for a little bit. Um, but I did not have, like, at the time when I was still in the Philippines, um, the the thing that's kind of taken off right now, and or rather the U.S. is kind of catching up to it, is like the, the raw chicken. Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I had not heard about that because it's <laughs> high on my list. Yeah, yeah. So in Asia, we've had, we've we've been eating raw chicken. So do you prepare it in some way to help it be? A it's kind of, it's like sashimi. Yeah. It's like a, it's like sashimi. Like you, you would in a fish. Okay. Just in strips. Kind of nice. And then you just dip it into your sauces and you partake in it. But you got to raise them really well. Cause in this country, for example. Oh yeah. You have to raise them. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause the incidence of salmonella in chicken is really high here. It's really stupid high. Stupid, stupid high. I know. But you know, us Asians, we're weird. <laughs> just like that, just like that puffer fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. that There's a terrible. lot that we partake, and we think it's normal. <laughs> I'm all for being an adventurous eater, but I do have limits. Yeah, you don't want to die. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. 
my favorite thing to say though is uh, the Jello. So Jello is primarily bone marrow, <laughs> and uh, we had it, or rather, it was I think it was maybe three months ago. Uh, one of my servers came in. They were like, "Hey, we're like, uh, they don't want to partake in beef or whatever." Okay. And at the time, we had Jello on our menu, and they're like, "We we love Jello," and I'm like, "Um." Okay, that's a little weird. Uh, did they not know that this is made out of beef no, bone marrow? Like, it comes from a box, Casey. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like there's a lot that people don't understand and know. So it's just it's just off putting when people have that kind of uh, suggestions. Or my favorite is um, allergic to gluten. First of all, there's 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 the celiac disease and there's sensitivity. It's not an actual allergy, but we put it there for so the the kitchen can kind of see it. But they would go, yeah, allergic to gluten, but they would like to have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's my all-time favorite. Or um, we have uh, a couple of dishes uh, that we prepare with gluten. Because gluten is a protein. So it can go, it's either liquid form or uh, something that's solid. It can be pretty much anything that protein can reside in. So a few of our sauces have the gluten in it. And trying to explain to somebody that... Um, when they've mentioned, yeah, we've had it before, but you know, we can't, we can't consume gluten. That's just, that makes me, it, it I laugh. <laughs> well, yeah. And you know, one of the, so one of the things that's really hard, I, I am not one of those people that believes that every single person has to be gluten free. Um, I believe everybody should try it. And mm-hmm. I do believe that there is value in testing for it. And I believe, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of people who are struggling are actually struggling with glyphosate. Yes. And so there are problems. So there are many, many, many people who, when they give up gluten, they feel better. But like you said, part of the challenge is a lot of people who say, oh, I went gluten-free and it didn't work for me. Well, that's because they didn't really look at all the sources of gluten. Mm-hmm. There's a and lot. And depending on how sensitive you are, it can come down to... Like you said, it's in it's in what you're drinking. It's in your personal care products. It's in you know they put vital wheat gluten in shampoo. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so I mean, there's a lot of exposure. I think there are more people who are sensitive than people realize, but because they don't, they're not mindful about their exposures. They don't realize it, and then you wind up with situations like what you're describing. Mm-hmm. I've always, um, I wish. I could give them sourdough <laughs> at the restaurant. Like I wish I had a patissier and have them just make sourdough the entire time. Cause I think people, even with their gluten sensitivities, and I'm talking just the sensitivity ones, not the actual not celiac the celiac. disease. Right. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, fermented foods are fabulous. Yeah. And that is a really great way for people to be able to process their their grains and and consume them. I think it would just be better for their entire being, knowing that they can actually eat something great and feel good. Because I think that's the 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 more uh, the problem into the people that have the sensitivities. They they don't feel good when they yeah. when they eat it. And I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, but there are definite things that have been around for centuries. <laughs> yeah. that uh that you can consume and it'll make you feel amazing aka yeah. sourdough <laughs> i just love sourdough i don't know yeah. if you can tell <laughs> it's delicious i we also pickle quite a bit here at the house 
So there's uh-huh. there's a lot of pickled things in the in the fridge right now, and we we do it quite often. And ah, uh, I just want to turn my restaurant into like a like a pickling sourdough ramen serving kind of restaurant. Yeah, uh, there you go. But you know, not yet. I, I don't have the funds for it. Yet. Uh, two more questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you have any allergies to any food besides the fish that you mentioned before? So I have a true food allergy to um, fish and shellfish. Okay. Meaning I go into anaphylaxis. Mm-hmm. And I have a sensitivity to pork and radishes. If oh, I no. eat them or I eat more than a certain amount, I start to get itchy. So I try not to do that. My, my name is Chef Salty Pork. You know that. <laughs> i know i love pork pork it if if i was if i, I was sensitive to pork for some reason as i got older my body was like yeah that's enough oh yeah no i'm with you and that's what people don't realize that too when when you get older your your immune system changes yeah so things that uh that you weren't accustomed to before rather you weren't sensitive to when, when you get a little older you will start to get you will start to get a little iffy about it yeah. And then I am one of those people that is sensitive to gluten specifically, like mm. I've done the testing. And uh, so I've learned that I have to watch out for it. And one of the interesting things is uh, when I stopped consuming gluten, my thyroid numbers got better. Oh, wow. So I guess that shows that the lab was right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you never know. You have yeah. to eat it. You have to partake in it. But obviously, if you have a if you if you go to anaphylaxis, please do not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. The only allergy that I have is through penicillin. Can't do it. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I will go into shop, and then also chocolate. Oh, that's hard. I know. I don't really consume it anyway. But yeah. uh, I I break out like bad if I if I partake in it. My brother will go into shock if he consumes chocolate. So wow. it's, a, it's a couple of things that we have to watch out for. Uh, but other than that, we're okay on all the foods. We can eat pretty much anything. Well, there um, you go. But it's just, it's just weird. There's so many delicious things out there to eat. Like that's the thing. At first, I was really upset about the fish allergy. But going into anaphylaxis three times will kind of cure you of that. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I reminded myself that there are so many other wonderful beautiful delicious things to eat that i shouldn't get all worried and wrapped up in the things that i couldn't eat yeah one final question for you yes have you ever eaten spam i have when i was in yes yeah Team Spam. Yeah, when I was in college, I ate Spam. Actually, the funny thing was um, my husband and I went to Hawaii on a vacation one time. And we went Ooh. to a macadamia farm. Mm-hmm. And they had Spam-flavored macadamia nuts. I was like, why would you do that to a macadamia? <laughs> that sounds amazing. No, it was. Where is it? I would love to go. Oh, my God. Yes. On Big Island. Yeah. I forget the name. I, I was just the, I think it was called Max. Anyhow, it was, yeah, it's just this macadamia farm and they have public tours and they do have spam flavored macadamia nuts. Oh, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I love macadamia nuts. Um, oh, yeah, they're delicious. Oh, they're delicious. And then you add spam to it. Wow. Why didn't I think of that earlier? 
that'd be amazing in a salad right now. Oh my god, I can redo a like, yeah, I can redo like our endive salad with the with the flavored macadamia nuts. There you go. Oh my word! Now, well, see, now you're gonna have to go to Hawaii on a fact finding trip for the restaurant. <laughs> I will. I, I I kid you not. I I definitely will. My wife, my wife hates it. She can't um she can't stand the texture of spam. She kind of likes the taste of it. It's not bad. It's it's pork. Yeah. But um she can't stand the the texture. And I and I was telling her um I have this one story and I'll share it with you uh in closing. Uh, a long time ago, my grandmother, this was when I was still in the Philippines. My grandmother um gave me okra soup. And I still remember it vividly to this day. I come home from school. There was a bowl of soup uh, on the table. And she's like, hey, I made some soup for you. I was like, oh, awesome. Let me let me have some. I then partake into this goopy thing. And I threw it up. <laughs> like, wh- why would you give me this? This is the most disgusting thing. A little background, though. In our household, uh, when I was still younger, um, no matter what you eat, that will be there the next day. And then the next day until you finish it. Yeah. So I'm crying here. Me as a four-year-old, I'm like, what, what? I don't wanna, I don't wanna eat this for the rest of the week. Like, what is going on? I look at my grandfather who is within Aisha. I was like, Lola, can you just help me out? Like, Lola gave me this bowl of crap. <laughs> can you just tell her I don't wanna eat it? So he comes to the table, he hits the table and it doesn't even wiggle. Like, it's just so viscous. And he goes, um, yeah, we're not eating that. <laughs> so now I have PTSD with okra. I can't do oh, it. Oh, wow. That's so hard. Well, and so I will share with you, yeah. you probably know this, but a lot of people don't. Spam got its name as a combination of spicy and ham. Yes, I do. Wow, look at you. That is the fr- Yeah. You were the first one so to sell that to me. A lot of people don't know that. You're the first, you're the first yeah. person. To, to mention that. And I, I applaud you for knowing what that is. Yeah. Well, well, Mira, thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate your time. Wow, this is amazing. I can keep on talking to you about food and whatnot. But you have a ton of resources on your site. Can you just share with everybody where they can find you and how and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So uh, my website is theingredientguru.com. So that's pretty straightforward. And if you sign up for my newsletter then you get my food news you can use every week where I write about all the stupid stuff they do to our food and keep you informed and educated so you can make good choices. Uh, I also have my book, The Pantry Principle, How to Read the Label and Understand What's Really in Your Food. That is available on Amazon, both as a Kindle and a uh, print. And then I also have a subscription box It's called the Lean Clean Green Box, where every month I send you a fabulous curated collection of things that are the ingredients for a healthy life. And you can find that at theingredientguru.memberbox.com. Wow. A whole bunch of her stuff, guys. Like there's recipes on there. There's a whole bunch of books and e-stuff. Uh, a whole bunch of research and you can contact her too but i'll make sure to link all mira's details information under below so you guys can check her out but really awesome i feel like like i mentioned in the beginning i feel like i'm talking to myself right now because it's so nice to just talk shop and somebody to actually know uh food and what's going in it and oh that's a few and far in between in, in our in our kind of profession you know 
Yeah, well, this has been really fun. I've enjoyed talking with you because you know what? You you made it fun, and uh, we definitely touched on some interesting territory there. Especially the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't condone it, but it's cheap, and it's, you know, it's like an Asian thing. So but if you, yeah. if you are going to partake in bugs, the chocolate-covered ones are a little easier to stomach. <laughs> just just if you are going to go that route, try the chocolate-covered ones first. And then maybe try the other stuff. But you, you can skip it all together. It's not a big thing. So funny. Uh, but anyway, uh, Chef's Meal airs every Tuesday uh, where my, uh, my sous chef and I talk about the stuff in a restaurant. Uh, you can follow us there. And then also on Thursday, uh, Chef's Meal, where I talk to people like Mira and her beautiful, amazing stuff. Uh, again, I'll make sure to link all the description below. Uh, but the more important part, though, is uh, you can check us out on patreon.com slash porkandwine. Some events, some extra stuff, extra goodies, maybe some sound bites, uh, recipes also on there. But other than that, guys, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Bye.